0: Hello and welcome to the Fabulous at 50 podcast, celebrating a vibrant global community of women over 50 through entertaining interviews that will inspire, educate, and empower. Your host, Joanne Nuiduck, was born to nurture and promote vibrance. Joanne is both the Community Director for Calgary, Canada, and oversees the global operations for Fabulous at 50. As an oncology nurse, integrative practitioner in multiple modalities, life skills mentor and manager, Joanne moves people from challenging situations to positive outcomes through the use of her innate gifts and learned skills. Here's your host, Joanne Newaduck.
1: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Fabulous at 50. And I'm so happy to be here with not only an inspiring and incredible guest, but also someone I consider a friend, a mentor, and she's pretty darn special in my heart. And Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) instead of going through, because I know this lady so well, I'm not going to go through a formal bio introduction. You can go to the show notes and read all about that, or just Google her name and you will get lots about her coming up on the internet. What I want to share is how I first met Suze Casey. And I have to say, I was introduced to Suze long before I met her in person. And I knew her work and I was on her newsletter and I was getting her Sue's musings and listening to her radio show for quite some time. So I was very familiar with her voice. We had even had phone calls and conversations, but I'd never met her in person until we were at a very large event quite a few years ago, but several years after I first was introduced. And it was, there was hundreds of people There it was out in Vancouver And there was some audience participation and this woman took the mic and with this incredible voice that just resonated through my body, I went, I know that voice. Suze Casey is here and I have to find her and I spent I think the next hour when it was on break making my way over to the other end of this massive room to go and find her and my life really changed in that moment Suze and and I'd like to share a bit more about that but I want to bring you on first and say welcome to the show today.
2: Thank you so much, Joanne. I'm not sure I knew that story. So- yeah, but you remember the day, right? I, yeah. I remember the day, yes. Yeah, so yeah. what's interesting is that I suspect anyway, because I don't take the mic all that often at large events, but I think this was during Jerry's branding. Yeah. And he was asking about that. And um, it's interesting that my voice, I mean, you don't think about branding your voice, but that, that, that when, you, when you said that, I was just like, oh, wow. Okay, yes, I guess if you can. If you know me through radio, you know, the voice.
1: (laughs) I did. I knew the voice. And then even before that, I didn't know, I already knew your voice for many years prior to that and your involvement with the, um, uh, folk festival and the um, folk clubs. Mm -hmm. And so I hadn't put two and two together. So we are going to get to that, but I just wanted to end that really you did change my life or that my life changed in that moment. Um, because once I met you in person, I was this work that you do is so in alignment with my own belief system, what I was already practicing but in a less structured way, I would say um, that I committed then to then enroll in your programs. But today we will touch base on your business and what you do but today is all about I want to know more about the woman behind this success. So one of my favorite questions I like to start with is how did you celebrate turning 50, whether it be the actual celebration or what was going on in your life around that time?
2: Well, you know, I might, I might pull a political thing on you here and just oh, okay. celebrating 60 because that's even more fun, but briefly how I celebrated <laughs> was, um, I actually celebrated 49 by going elephant riding cool thailand that was that was what i wanted to do because because for me it's the it was the the 49 to 50 you know everybody's all that uh and i wanted to just be doing something like completely off the grid for me i love animals and so that was just a that's that's what i did on my 49th on my 50th i did something else that's very very much me and that is i had a dinner party and the dinner party was a greek feast and I invited hmm. about I think it was like 30, 40 people. And That's a good size dinner party. It was, yeah. But the deal was if you want to cook, come at eleven. If you want to eat, come at six. And if you want a party, come at four. And so we opened up the the Razzina at four. Um, and if people wanted to submit recipes, their favorite Greek recipes, they could. And I did Greek because I like Greek, not because I have a Greek background. I just like that kind of food. Oh, it's amazing food. Yeah, so we had about 15, at least 15 people in my kitchen over that date. Just, just make, we made so much food. We all sat down. I had a great big living room, dining room extension. And we all sat around one table and we had as much food at the end, I think as we did at the beginning. I was eating Greek food forever, but it was exactly what I wanted to do. Just close friends, cooking, being hands-on, laughing, Um, yeah, just being part of of a community. And so that was how I celebrated my 50th. But what I really want to tell you about is how I celebrated my 60th. Oh, yes, yes. Because Because this
1: is all about fabulous at 50 and beyond. In fact, I even started off saying it's for people who are aspiring to be fabulous at 50 and beyond. So you can start long earlier. You know, we are the mentors for the younger generations coming forward.
2: Yeah, well, and I remember saying to you when I was 59, I was like, do I have to quit Fabulous at 59? No, no. <laughs> and you said, not like I could stay, but my 60th birthday I celebrated as my double life expectancy birthday. Yeah, also right. ties into where my work came from, because it was five weeks before my 30th birthday that I was diagnosed with stage four malignant melanoma. And, um, you know, from your background, that's not a great diagnosis, and it's special like 30 years ago it was a special oh, not
1: back then the, the treatments were far different than what we have now.
2: Yeah. And, um, and so basically they said, put your affairs in order. Um, you know, you, you kind of have a 10% 29. Yeah. and you're yeah. a mother then, right? I had three kids, three kids. And they said, you know, you have a 10% chance of surviving this. And I was pretty devastated. That was not really how I was planning on spending, Um, that time frame in my life. I was 29. And um, yeah, three, three little kids that were kids by choice. Um, I'd married their dad. And I went home. And the next morning, I got up and I wrote in my journal, I belong to the 90. I belong to the 10% club, not the 90% club. Beautiful. And I wrote a list of all the things that I intended to do in my life. And therefore, I, I have I have to live because I have all these things I'm intending to do, and you know, dancing at my kid's wedding, holding grandbabies, those kinds of things were on the list. Riding an elephant was on the list. Awesome. Um, and I realized if I just had phoned Morgan Freeman, we could have made the bucket list for girls. but anyway, Wow. Um, <laughs> yes, but that wasn't part of the deal. But I, I, one of the things that I said on that list was I will celebrate my double life expectancy birthday. Excellent. And so that was as far as I could see from 29 to get to 60. Um, but what a huge gift it was for me because it allowed me to live very present you know, right now people are starting to recognize the importance of living in the present moment. Well, I've been doing it for 30 years. It's great.
1: You You have, and you've been doing it, um, at this point, we're going to go on and go into juicy conversations here, but at this point, why don't you share with the listeners a little bit more about yourself, how like you're the founder of Belief Free Parenting and, and how they could get in contact with you.
2: Oh, sure. Well, yeah. Suze, S-U-Z-E, Casey, C-A-S-E-Y. Um, as you said, top of the show, Google me. Um, I live in Airdrie, Alberta, uh, Canada. People often are astounded when they phone the office and I answer the phone. It's like somebody has to, it was ringing.
0: Um, <laughs> you
2: know, like, it's, it's um, I'm, I'm very much what you see is what you get. And um, my work is really about each of us being authentic and and showing up as who we really are and it not only being okay but celebrating that because there's only one of you there's only one of me and so if i don't if i don't bring that forward then i'm doing a disservice you know i'm not absolutely not contributing in the best way that i could and i think for me because of having it almost all taken away so early on it was like i mean anybody that spends any time with me just like you're living like six days in every one and i'm like yeah because you just never know you know yeah. you just just there's there's not a lot of um time waste and so the belief repatterning technique was built by me because i knew i had to think positively i mean mm-hmm. i totally understood how important that was but boy is it ever hard when they tell you you're gonna die Okay. <laughs> I remember you saying one time,
1: I, I remember watching you give a talk and you, you confided. You said everybody kept saying think positive, think positive, and we've all heard it. And it's like, okay, how? Yeah. How do I do that? How do I make the crazy monkeys chattering my brain slow down?
2: Yeah. And, and I goes them the tickety And I mean I did a ton of research on it. Um, my background is in educational curriculum design and a minor in educational psychology. So how we learn. Is what I've always been fascinated with, and so I mean I kept researching and researching and trying to find out how do I like I get I should but how, like how, um tell me how and I remember saying as long as it's legal moral and most and fun you know I'll do it and even if it's even if it's just a little bit fun I'll still do it, <laughs> as long as it's moral um, yeah um and you know I was kind of like find me the 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 elixir, find me the snake dust, you know, snake oil. I didn't care. It was just like, I just, and so I, I read a lot. This mm-hmm. was before Google was invented. Um, and I read a lot. And oh, of course. I read was you should think positively. And I was like, I already know that. Tell me how. And, and I started getting frustrated and it was like, okay, I don't have time really to be frustrated here. <laughs> Look, that just takes right. up energy. And so it was like, how, And I remember one morning I woke up and I was like, you're a curriculum designer for the Calgary Board of Education. I've done curriculum design for the Alberta government. And I thought if they phoned me and said, Suze, could you put together a program to teach kids how to think positively as a habit, I would not curl up in fetal position and get frustrated about it. I would just get on with it because that's the kind of person I am. So I got on with it. And the, the biggest challenge I had was this student that I was practicing it on who you know, was the teacher and didn't do her homework and was kind of like stuck in some old ways and <laughs> had some big self talk. And her name was Suze Casey, and she learned how to do it anyway. And you know, um, so I look back now at that time, I would not wish what happened to me in my early 30s, uh, late 20s and early 30s on anyone. I would not wish that kind of challenge. And I mean, I was at more doctor's office in that four-year period that I think I've been in the rest of my entire life put together. Um, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. But if it was the only way that I could get here, I'd say bring it on again.
1: Wow, that's powerful.
2: Bring it on again. I'll do it because I live in a way that I could never have imagined. And I'm not talking about you know cars and houses. I'm talking about peace and yeah. commitment to self and authenticity and just wonder.
1: Just I'll wonder. add one word in there: community. Community. Yeah. What yes, you built in a community in sharing how you're living and allowing us. You know. Oh my gosh, that's actually really hitting home there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I got that's beautiful. Home. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's
1: beautiful. And, yeah. and putting it together, as I said, and I know you started off teaching it in a way that you knew, and then it transitioned to a very systematic way. I'm, I'm going to pick up on you talking about you read so much. Like reading is such an incredible way of opening our minds, whether you read or listen to audio books is we only know what we know. So reading is the way to learn about other ideas and expand that. Is there a book that's um, captivating you these days?
2: (laughs) Well, it's a bit of a challenging one because the one that's got me held captive is the one I'm currently writing. And I'm actually... Oh, well, that's perfect. Um, I'm currently writing two working titles on them. Um, One of the working title is uh, Practical Mindfulness like, day-to-day stuff that you can do, you know, the house. Yes, how. yes. And there's, there's always that sprinkled through everything that I do, of course, right. but this is a book that's just that, like, here's the, here's <sighs> the recipe book. Um, okay. And then the other book that emerged as I was pulling together um, the, the that one, and I've got, like, at any given point, I have, you know, a couple dozen books on the go. Like, I'm not talking reading, I'm talking writing. And I was just like, okay, okay you COVID, you're going to get one done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so
2: one that emerged, and it emerged as a title. And I was just like, oh, that is a great title. And I'm writing the book around it. So do you want to know the title?
1: Yes, I do.
2: I'm like, I knew
1: you, I, you know, I had an idea that you were writing one, but I didn't know we had two on the go here. Yeah.
2: So here's the, the working title. It has not gone by anybody yet, including Hay House, which it has to go by. But um, the working title is I Don't Deserve It and Other Lies I've Told Myself.
1: <sighs> okay, that just stopped me in my tracks. That is so smart. Thank you. I just how I'm, often do we say, I don't deserve this?
2: Yeah. Or no, I'm not no deserving. I'm, not. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too whatever it is. All of those self-talk. Wow. I almost said BS right out loud. All of that stuff. That's just, and, and, you know, I'm using the word lie. What it really is, is a misperception. hmm Okay. It's really there, pointing you toward. So it's not a lie, because a lie has no truth in it. It's a truth, because it's going. Would you look over there? Because that's really what we're talking about: is that you do deserve it, and you are good enough, and you are enough, and you are the right, perfect place, and all of those things. Right. So you know, that's that's what I'm looking at, and each chapter will be one of those things that we say to ourselves that if I could just like cross them out of the English language and every other language on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm playing with these days. I feel so honored that we've just (laughs) heard what that is. And I actually think it's,
1: I, I know lie is a strong word, but that caught attention.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Like you can go in more that this is a perspective and go on to it, but that's, it's like that w- that will stop people in their tracks yeah right? and then i
2: think because because everybody knows they should think positively they they get it yeah. and so we have to have some kind of a to use you know some psychological jargon a pattern interrupt it's like boom yes and misperception is just not quite strong enough
0: no
1: no it's not you need that click when i work with my clients and and I, you know, have trained with you, um, and use belief-free with my, um, clients, it, just doing a simple pattern interrupt, whether it's, you know, click your fingers, yell, stop. Like I get, you know, when the, the, the monkeys in the mind get going or the, I call it itty bitty shitty committee. Oh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that on my own podcast, um, I actually practice for myself. I used to get like, you know, a number of years ago when I was going through a very difficult time, I would get running that, that wheel, that reel, I guess, over and over again. And I would literally, if I was in my car by myself, I'd say out loud, stop, you know, or I would um, do something and I needed that pattern interrupt and then bring it back. So, yeah.
2: Well, another Another book. Hold um, on. Hold on. I just I'm going to I'm gonna you. mirror you.
1: <laughs> Here's my got, copy.
2: Oh, and I'd like to see them well-worn. <laughs> yes. Yes. This one's got, you know, it's not, got a not book. quite as well-worn. Yeah. Anymore. Okay. So right at the preface. right? I wish I had an off switch. 20 plus years ago, so was doing 30 plus years ago, but 20 plus years ago, in a moment of frustrated resignation at the prospect of yet another sleepless night, I yearned aloud. I wish I could turn off my mind and get the incessant chatter to stop. I was struggling. I'd been on long-term disability and was unable to resume my teaching career because I wasn't getting any better. I wanted an off switch. My mind raced as the clock slowly ticked away the hours. Yeah.
1: and That sets
2: it all. I Yeah, and I think that all of us have been there. This mm-hmm. is not a me thing or a you thing. This is a... Like, In fact, I would say if somebody says they've never been in that place, that their pants might be on fire. You know, like, I think that they're fooling themselves. I think it's part of the human condition. And it is also, it's a part of the human condition to move you to that next place of awareness. So if anybody that's listening is in that, you know, and I don't know how to spell that. That's why I called it incessant (laughs) chatter. But if you're in that place, embrace it and welcome it. You don't have to live in it, but know that it's there to just shake up things enough so that you can bust through to the next level. Um, At least that's my experience with it. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's like, isn't it lobsters or different creatures that have to break out of their shell? You know, really, I mean, you could get into all different analogies, seeds and so forth, or yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's hard when you're in that place is what's so hard is there are times when you are saying that if someone says they've never been there, sometimes when things are going well in our life, I know for myself, it's, it's almost like, I can't remember when it was dark, but I can remember that when it's really dark, it's, it's like being at the bottom of a mud pit sometimes. And like, how do I, ever? that light just seems too far away. And,
2: And, and this work Gives a the good thing about the mud pathway. pit. Once you hit the bottom of the mud pit and you come out of it, you don't you're not afraid of the bottom of the mud pit anymore because you know no. you're gonna out. It's just a matter of time. And so what I wanted to do was shorten that timeline because mm-hmm. I was told it didn't have much time. So I was like, I don't have a lot of time. Let's let's you know pitter patter. Let's get at her. Let's make it practical and pragmatic and easy. And and you know the other thing that I would just want to say about that dark place is that you don't have to remember the dark place but this total place of gratitude for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. You know?
2: So I was talking with someone on the weekend at a, a, a trade show and she kept saying, you know, in whatever year it was, 1990, I almost died twice. And I said, so in 1990 is twice where you reclaimed your life. You know, <laughs> rather than uh, talking about what didn't talking about what did.
1: did happen.
2: Um, okay. That's like, for me, it's a real key. It's just, when I hear myself talking about the didn't or wouldn't or couldn't or shouldn't or anything that's this at all, it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's not that it's a lie. It's there to point me to a better version of who I am. And when I look at it that way, it's not that you like relish it, but it's like when it shows up, you go, Oh, good. We're we're just about to graduate to a new grade. (laughs) Fantastic. You know, I (laughs) might hear and so I think, you know, that's, that's one of the secrets, I think. Yeah. When some of that stuff comes up, you go, oh, okay, this is not who I am. This is, this is, you know, in the words of, of uh, Carl Rogers, this is my shadow. And so yes. it's the opposite of who I am, It's <clears throat> the darkness of my light. And it is my job to recognize the darkness and go, where's the light that it's pointing me to.
1: Right, right. Now, with that in mind, obviously, you overcame your diagnosis from back there. You've done your double life expectancy double, double
2: life expectancy birthday.
1: Yeah. yeah. Circling back to sort of that shift of going from, you said you celebrated, you know, you really celebrated your 49th birthday and on. So you've had a decade I'm on being fabulous. fabulous.
2: I, really I really celebrated every birthday. You but. did. You know, <laughs> but
1: I'm thinking kind of this decade of experience of embracing fabulous shall we say Mm -hmm. what are you most proud of what what did you develop in this last 10 years or do that just is like wow I can't believe I'm doing this now and
2: where do I be
1: yeah (laughs) I'm putting you on the spot here
2: no it's just it's like because you know I, I I first one thing and then and another and another and another and another um I think one of the most incredible things that I've done is develop a solid partnership Beautiful. Um, coming from a place where I didn't feel like I was enough or good enough in partnership. And I've had, you know, a lot of people would say I've had, you know, X number of failed marriages. I had two marriages that were test drives um, and, and two live-ins that were additional test drives and I got it.
1: What a great way of putting it.
2: they were, they were practice runs. Yeah. So that for me is a really, you know, to be in partnership that is ease and, you know, they say you have to work at it. I think you have to be aware and cognizant, but it's not. Yep. Work. I, I agree. Play with it. I think it's like a garden.
1: It has to be tended to. And when you love gardening, it doesn't feel like work.
2: That's a great, that's a great, I don't love gardening, but it's a great analogy. Joanne. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I remember now you don't like that. One. Well, similar, you know, no, it
1: could on. be like with a car, you know, people but that you have- if you truly love it, it's, it's that labor of love, but you're right. Being cognizant and I'm in a similar position. So I mirror that, that to be able to create that in our midlife, I'll say is magical and Doable.
2: Absolutely. Very, doable, very but, doable. But maybe really, I think well, if it happens before that, it's kind of fluky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember Phil saying to me early on in our relationship, um, you know, I wish I'd met you earlier. And I'm like, I am so glad you didn't.
1: It might not have worked then.
2: I, I, well, I wouldn't have, I didn't appreciate me. And so I wouldn't have appreciated him. Mm. Uh, and like, you know, all of that stuff. So that would be one thing I'm super proud of. Um, another thing I'm super proud of is um, the the community, the Relief Repatterning community of practitioners and people who, who heard what I was saying and were drawn to bring their light to it. Yeah. Um, and, and help ripple it out. That to me is just, you know, I was at an event a week or so ago and, there was a group of people there that I'd only ever met online and um, I was fascinated in what they were doing extreme cowboy rodeo. And I was just like, well, I just want to go see what they're doing. Oh, that sounds
1: fun.
2: It was really fun. It was really interesting because it's all these little things that you do with a horse. Right. Um, And, and, um, and so like extreme sounds like there's kind of, but it wasn't, it's it's like, can they jump over this? Can they lasso that? Can they, you know, like it was all that kind of stuff. And they weren't doing anything alive. It was just like lassoing the, Table, yeah. whatever, right? and so it was all very interesting but what was so cool was that one of the gals said i'm sure you hear this all the time but you need to know that the work is so profound and my life has changed so much and i'm like and i just listen because i do hear it a lot and it's not it's not me that did it it's me that held the flashlight. It's me that handed the keys. And it's you. Like you said, your life changed. It's you that took the key and turned the door. It's you that took the light and shone it on where you wanted to go. I just feel so blessed to be the key maker and the light bearer. <laughs> you know, like to, to be able to shine that flashlight. Uh, I don't know where it's going to take you. I just know. Exactly. That when you're not hard on yourself, that when you love yourself, truly love yourself for who you are, warts and all that you go, gosh, that's cute, would I do that? Instead of beating yourself up. I just I like that say that a gosh, that's cute. We'll make that one of the tips at the end that I'm gonna ask you. <laughs> but it's 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 like when you live there, it's so yeah. free. It's so freeing. And then of course I would be remiss if I didn't say um, the day that hate house phoned me. You know, um, yeah. The, let's show this part of it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Here we go. Actually, I actually thought it was a friend playing a joke on me. Yeah. And I have so that many, it would have been pretty darn special. Yeah. Well, a lot of people say, how did you get, you know, did you manifest it? Did you, um, and here's what I did. I showed up. Yeah. I showed up as me and I did what I was called to do. And it was attracted to me. I didn't go after it. Um, and I'd like to say that I kind of was like, Oh, let the bells ring out and everybody, but I was just like, it was like, Oh my gosh. Like, cause it was really big. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, make, I make light of it by saying, you know, I wanted to say, does anybody told you I'm a grandma that works out of my basement in Calgary, uh, <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Hold that one back. But you know, I, I phoned my girlfriend and I just said, I need you to come over. And she said, are you okay? And I went, I think I am, but I need you to come over. And so this speaks to, for me, the importance of our friends, the people that are with us. And I will always remember that she said, am I bringing champagne or something stronger? (laughs) And I said, you'll bring exactly what you know is right to bring. Because I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know if I needed like a strong cup of tea or a shot of, win- like I didn't know. I was just like, I guess would show up with a bottle of champagne and whiskey in the other hand or so. <laughs> she showed up with a bottle of champagne. Beautiful. She could hear in my voice that it was something big. It was like you were in a stunned wonder. I was, I was like, I was, yes. And um, in fact, it was really interesting because my partner at that time did not really have a clue what I was up to. Didn't know, didn't know um, like anything about, all of the stuff that we talk about all the time, you know, awareness and Yeah. lovely guy, lovely, lovely guy. Just not my guy, you know, and, yeah. and really a good person for me in transition. Um, Cause I learned so much in that relationship, but I remember my assistant going upstairs and saying, Sue's just got a call from Hay House and they wanted to do a radio show and a book. And he went, who's Hay House. Yeah. You weren't on the way right ra- wavelength there. We were kinda of clicking. But that night I went into fetal position and was just I was sobbing. I was terrified and scared. But yeah. one thing you know to be true is when you're terrified and scared, that's just at the moment where you take a step forward and there'll either be something for him to stand on or you'll remember you can fly. And so I took the step. I took the big step. And there were a couple of times along the way where I was like, oh, you know, no. I mean, I remember sending in the first the first manuscript and um, they came back and they said, we love the stories. We love the tone. And, and when they first brought me on board, they wanted me to have a ghostwriter, And I was like, uh, I'm a writer. I do my own writing. And they were like, well, we don't recommend it, um, which a lot of people don't understand. That There's people who are professional writers and there's people who are thought leaders. And usually the two aren't the same. Um, right. Yeah. There's a difference between being the author and the writer. Yeah. And so, um, and I just said, I, 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 I'm not doing it unless I'm doing it myself. I was a- like, for you arts teacher for heaven's sakes you know <laughs> I know how to do this and so they said we love everything about it but it's in the wrong order Hmm, it's, and in order.
1: it's
2: not in the wrong order <laughs> maybe it's in the wrong so I got really irritated about it and I had three months to do a rewrite on it and <clears throat> excuse me I was so adamant that I was right that you know I looked up and there was not one other Hay House author that had a master's degree in educational learning And so I knew how people learned. I mean, that's how arrogant I was about staying in my own place. Right. um, Same girlfriend, went out to her place. God (laughs) bless her. Hang on to these ones. You know, Kathleen has just been. I was going to
1: say, I bet this is Kathleen.
2: Yeah. Um, And she had set up this beautiful place. She lives on the shores of Lake Okanagan. And she set up this beautiful place underneath the the ponderosa pine trees with a beautiful tablecloth for me to write at and like day three, nothing. And so she said, said to me, you know, what's, what's wrong? And I said, so I went on beaked off about how they didn't know what they were talking about. And this is the right order and all that kind of stuff. And she said, I have an awesome idea. Let's call Hay House and tell them that you don't want to do the book and you're not doing the radio show. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. And she said, right. Then we're going to take a page out of your own work and <laughs> get you to flip it around. We're going to put you where I know it always fills you up. So she took a table and put it in the lake and a chair, (laughs) put it in the lake. You needed water. She put it in the lake. and She said, bring your computer down, bring your binder down, and you are going to stay here and I'm going to feed you, water you, bring you a blanket, but you are not leaving until you get this sorted out. This is called true friend. Yes. I had no idea I was going to tell the story, but here you go. You got it. I know. Yeah. And about 40 minutes later, she came down with a glass of water and I said, I am so glad to see you. And she said, you just got a breakthrough because she could tell by my face. And I went, yeah. And she said, what happened? And I said, I pretended that the book was yours and that I was your teacher. And I just told you how to do it better. (laughs) (laughs) And that is perfect. I redid it. I sent it back in to Hay House and um, my editor said, this is, This is way better than the first draft. This is way better than I suggested. Well done. And so I always say to people, you can read it in any order you want because it wasn't necessarily written. It's all mixed up anyways. Just open a page and there you go. But but I would say that that, you know, I mean, it would be easy to say that the Hay House deal was kind of the, you know, it certainly changed my world. Um, It certainly changed my world. But I think for me, the bigger deal was the getting over myself about I know it. And I've got it. And, you know, and I remember thinking, wait a minute. I mean, I may know how people learn, but they know how people buy books and use books. And I need to just take a big deep breath in and find the middle ground here.
1: Yeah. It opened you up to that learning. I know for a fact that when within your programs, um, you were very much open to, well, what do you think about this or how, and, and constantly changing and evolving and getting all the good stuff. Yeah. And on that note, that was an incredible story. Thank you for sharing that. I can't believe we're out of time already. We have, we have just the right amount of time to ask you if you could, Succinctly, what would be three wonderful takeaway pearls of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners today?
2: There is no one thing, it's always an and also. And so I would say belief repatterning is the and also that will open up the key to a lot of other things. Um, but in terms of life things, um you're so cute when you're human, I think was one of the ones that you wanted me to do. I love um, that. I, you're so cute when you're human.
1: So and when you say, oh, yeah. You're so cute when you do that. You're so cute when you're human. I love that one.
2: But when, I, when I do it for myself, you know, I'm so cute when I'm human. And um, I think the other piece would be, you know, E.E. E. Cummings said it really well. It, it takes a lot of courage to grow up and be yourself, turn out who you really are. Mm-hmm. And I would say to anyone listening, be courageous. And step into that because no one else does you better than you. And there's no regrets. There's no upset. There's only openness and joy when you show up as your own self, even in tough times. And so what I'm really seeing is that during these COVID times, the people who are, who know who they are and have their feet solid are swaying with it. Okay. They're not getting knocked over by it. And I would say if you if you don't have your feet solid, um, if it's all brand new, I can give you one thing, and that is you always have a choice. And I'm going to go back to Viktor Frankl. You know, we always have a choice on how we respond in any given situation. It's too hard if you leave it to chance. That's me. It's too hard. So train your mind to do it for you. Train your mind to show up as you when you forget yourself. I like to say when you're, you know, people say to me, do you get upset? You wrote the book on positive thinking. Do you get upset? Of course I do. When I'm hungry, tired, thirsty, or my pants need changing, just like my grandkids. Um, (laughs) So, you know, when you're in that place, you want to have that subconscious mind remind you who you are. And so thank you so much for number one, inviting me on, but number two, creating, and I know that, I know that you took the dream and expanded it. Um, And that's super important to know that, that it gives me a lot of um, solace to know that as when Diane passed, you picked up the torch, I know that when I pass, because I'm going to at some point, um, probably not today or tomorrow, you know, God willing, and the creek don't rise, but, but that the torch will be picked up, and that there's a place for light, there's a place in this world, no matter how dark it might seem. Mm. or what's truth and what's light and what's goodness and what's kindness. And my, my hope in all of this, what we're seeing is that the world will become a more compassionate and kind place. And I believe that it begins with how we talk to ourselves and how we are with ourselves. So beautiful. Thanks.
1: For- that is fantastic way to end. I am so grateful for you being on and I look forward to further conversations that we're going to have. Because I know that what we also, I'm going to let our listeners know that um, in the behind the scenes, in the membership site, that at some point in the future, I don't know exactly when, we're going to have some further information about how people can actually do this, right? The links on how to um, reach you, we're going to have a conversation and give some like real sound tips and tricks that they can carry on and, and use in their life. Absolutely. Big so.
2: tips and techniques. And can, I, can I give them one? Yeah. Okay. So everybody who's listening, take your right hand and put okay. it way up in the air. Okay. Glenn, you know this one. Okay. And think about all you did to just put it together so that you could listen today. And while you're thinking about that, you organized the kids and whatever else you organized. Okay. But you, that you did this. You made a commitment to yourself and you did it. Can you just. Put yourself on the back. I love it. Give yourself some credit because,
1: uh, yeah, it's... it's we it's often difficult. don't. And we could get on to even further conversations with that. Why don't we carry that one forward? And uh, when you're listening to this, make sure that you are a member of Fab is at 50 so you can get into the membership site and get all of this juicy stuff and lots of the member only
2: content. And there's no age limit. You can be fabulous at 50 in your 20s. You can be fabulous Absolutely. at 50 in your 80s or 90s because that's I what agree. Going on. We do.
1: We have a really wide range of people that are attracted to our organization. So. And I am so glad you were here. And I look forward to the day when all of this nonsense in the world is allowing us to reconvene in person. And we have you on one of the Fabulous at 50 stages again. I look forward to that too. Awesome. Enjoy your day, everyone.
0: Thanks for joining us today. You have been listening to the Fabulous at 50 podcast with your host, Joanne Newaduck. Join us again for more inspirational interviews on topics that matter to you. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, check out the liner notes. Or to learn more about this vibrant community that celebrates women over 50, please visit fabulousat50.com. That's www.fabulousat50.com.